Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Creator of the King's Beat and our 1320 Kings insider, James Ham, with us here uh, as KC enjoys uh, a couple of days off. Plan is for KC to be back with us uh, later this week, but that's just the working plan. So uh, when KC's ready to... Leave that beautiful baby girl he has and, and, and come back and do the show. We'll, we'll be ready for him. Um, another thing that we didn't address from last night's game, or we've made mention of it. Mike has talked about this a lot. Doug Christie used to talk about this a lot. Offensive rebounds were a killer. Now, obviously, the final offensive rebound of the game was was the ultimate knife, but that was something that was eating the Kings up all game, offensive rebounds and second chance points. And much like the third quarter Lowell, this isn't a new conversation. Yeah. But you know what? Like I want to point out the Kings are first in the league in defensive rebound percentage. Like they're an excellent defensive rebounding team. And I, you know, when you're playing defense a specific way and you're going out there and, like, uh, you know, we talk about how Devin Booker didn't have a single wide open look, right? That means that you're engaged with your offensive opponent the entire time. So when the ball goes up, it's almost like this team for a lot of time is like relying solely on Domas to clear out the box and go get the defensive rebound. But this year specifically, I think this team has done such a good job of it. I mean, De'Aaron Fox has, has been tremendous on the defensive glass at the point guard position. And, you know, I think the other thing I'll point out in this game specifically, they went really small. They went four guards for a lot of the game, a lot of the second half. And you're going to get beat up on the glass a little bit in that situation. So you give up like a back-breaking, you know, late one that, that literally took you out of any chance to really win the game. Um, but like, I, I don't know how you could have done things differently. Sometimes the ball just bounces bad and you don't get the board. And so... Um, yeah, I mean, they've got to do a better job. Uh, Kagan's got to do a better job. Uh, Harrison Barnes needs to be more consistent on the defensive glass. Uh, but overall, you know, again, you had Herter with eight rebounds last night, seven or eight rebounds. Like, they had some some good moments. Every once in a while, you just get beat by a, a bad bounce, and that's what happened in that game. Man, it feels like those bad bounces happen with them frequently. Maybe Maybe they don't happen as frequently as it, seems like they do it's just when it happens it's impactful yeah. like those second chance points those offensive rebounds for phoenix last night they they were impactful it's like if phoenix got the ball back they were going to make you pay for it uh and and again that's the that's that's a, that's a credit to phoenix less than a less than a knock on sacramento that's a credit to phoenix it's a team that's been to the nba finals it's a team that has championship aspirations it's a team that that had their season last year and in a very unceremonious way, and they're looking to get back to 
certainly the Western Conference Finals. They're looking to take that next step. They're looking to get back to the NBA Finals. And that's the caliber of, of, of team this, that this is. And when you've got a guy like you know Devin Booker, would you like to change your tune on Mr. DeAndre Ayton, by the way? Are you, are you a little higher after DeAndre Ayton's performance last night? Or do you still have him as the 14th and a half best center in, in the league? <laughs> No, I mean, I think he's somewhere between 10 and 14 in the league. He might be the back end of the top 10, like just depending on your opinion. Uh, but no, I, I thought he was good. Uh, I mean, I like, again, I, I like DeAndre. I was, I yeah, was his saying. spin move is, is powerful, uh, you know, and he's really, really good around the basket. Doesn't matter how close, but, you know, the Kings also don't have a shot blocker. Um, and he was shooting over the top of, uh, of Domas the whole time. Uh, which is, you know, something that happens. Uh, he tries to keep him as far away as possible. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, is he good? Like, sure, he he's a solid NBA player, uh, but I'm not putting him in the top echelon. He's If you're looking at number one overall picks, uh, he's just not, you know, where you would think you were going to get a top, you know, is he a top 50 player in the NBA? I don't think so. And, top 50, 5 zero. I don't think so. I, I don't know. That's too hard of a game. That's 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 too yeah. hard of a game to play. He is the reigning Western Conference Player of the Week, though. Yeah. Um, one thing the Kings have been good at this year it doesn't feel like they turn the ball over a ton. Obviously, there very much are exceptions to that. One thing that stands out to me though, it, it, sometimes like they'll turn the ball over in spurts, where they'll end. Like for example, I think they had sixteen turnovers last night. But there have been games where it's like, yeah, the Kings had like seven turnovers in the quarter. And they'll, it'll be something like just completely outrageous. There was a game a couple of weeks, uh, uh, a week or two. I don't even remember what game it was. They had like 10 turnovers in the first quarter. And it's like, how do you even do that? But <laughs> overall, that's one, that's one like aspect of the game that they seem to be able to get under control and adjust pretty quickly they seem to protect the ball pretty well um yeah they're the 17th part. in the league at, at 15 turnovers per game that's a little high and they've probably I mean, dropped like i, I I'm, yeah. I'm confident if we look over the course of the last three or four games they probably dropped yeah well they're gonna face a guy who doesn't turn the ball over at all i mean that stat that tyrese halliburton is putting up right now he's got uh what is it 40 assists over the last three games without a turnover. And he's something that's like insane. 45 consecutive assists without a turnover. Yeah. I mean, that's just we'll, the craziest stat. We'll talk about this, you know, more as we set up for uh, the game of the century uh, tomorrow night at the golden one center. But I have no idea how the hell they beat the Los Angeles Lakers last night. I walked away from the TV. <laughs> I walked away from the computer I walked away from the iPad. Russell Westbrook was leaving the floor. The Crypto.com arena was just going nuts. They was giving my guy his love. The Lakers were up big. And it's like, all right, all right, Lakers and Kings are are, are entering, or excuse me, the Pacers and the Kings are, are entering this matchup. Each would have lost their trajectory through the most part of the season for, for for the most part of the season has been about the same. They both won seven of their last ten. Took different routes to get there, but they both won seven of their last ten. Like, all right. And then I see this morning, I think it was like one sixteen to one fifteen. Like, wait, this is what what day am I looking at? Like, how how did this happen? 
the Pacers just stormed back in the final minutes of that game last night and beat the Lakers on their home floor. It's just I, I had to I had to watch the 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 condensed version on League Pass to see how they pulled that off. Just yeah, incredible. I think it was Halliburton who found Andrew Nebhard for the for the three to win it. But like that is what Halliburton does. He it's not just that you found a guy, you found a rookie who, you know, is part of the rotation but isn't like a major, huge, like gigantic minutes guy. You found him, you showed him confidence, and you let him hit a wide open three to win a game at the buzzer. Mm-hmm. Like that was a like classic, classic uh Halliburton play. Uh, we'll come back. We'll, we'll, we'll talk a lot more uh, about the Kings and the Pacers uh, game of the century uh, tomorrow night at, at the Golden <laughs> One Center. And um, we'll talk much more about that. Coach David Patrick, Sac State Hornets. Uh, he's going to join us next. I don't know what it is about the Hornets and the Kings, but when one wins, the other wins. When one loses, the other loses. These, these teams are really synced up. We need to get them both back in the win column. We'll talk to Coach when we return here on Sacramento Sports Leader, ESPN 1320. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. d and KC continues. Streaming live on the Odyssey app. It's a boot. Do you have it in white, though? <laughs> We're back. I'm... <laughs> I was telling James I have like a I, I I was told I have Achilles tendonitis this weekend and and now he's he's I'm gonna need a fashionable boot if my Achilles just <laughs> blows and it's gone and I told Jesse if I if I it's in my right leg if it if it pops he's gonna have to pick me up and take me to the studio he says it's gonna be like Michael Scott when he burned his foot come rub butter on my foot he stepped on to george foreman grill that he had set on a timer that was cooking bacon by the side of his bed this morning i woke up and i clamped the foot on my foot on the george foreman grill i don't understand what's so hard to believe about that 
Uh, when he tries to sneak into the MRI machine. I love how many times the George Foreman grill came back. Like when he was cooking for Bob Vance's uh, 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 bachelor party and the George Foreman grill was back and, and Ryan said, is that the same grill you burned your foot on? And he's like, no. Yeah. yeah. I cleaned all the foot <laughs> off. And then there's a at the dinner, the famous dinner party episode where they show uh, Michael and Jan's room and Michael has that, you know, the small little, the little bed thing. If yeah. you look off to the corner, you can see the George Foreman grill on like a little <laughs> nightstand. It's just such a, it's such a beautiful callback. Uh, I was so appreciative of that. Uh, as we welcome in our man, Coach David Pat, oh, Coach A. I understand, Coach. I'm taking my cues from you today. You got that look on your face, man. I I understand. I got caught up on some games uh, over the last couple of days from the tournament uh, in Hawaii. I I know how much you value rebounding and how much you value assists. So I'm going to take my cues from you today, Coach. How you feeling? <laughs> hey, man, not, not too bad, man. I one day to decompress in, in, in Hawaii after the uh, the tough losses and and back at it, man. Got go have practice this afternoon at four o'clock, and just try to get better. I do want to point out, Coach. You you guys have had a, a just a, a really really tough schedule. Um, your opponents with a combined record of of, of thirty three and fifteen. But I, I know you're you're focused on what your guys are doing, what you guys are doing, and you have talked uh, with us on numerous occasions about rebounding and rebounding. And rebounding, and I know over the holiday that's that's something the team fell short on. It is, man. You know, we played Hawaii, who was like number eight in the country rebounding. So we're, we're, both, both coaches, me and the head coach Ron Ganat, were both at St. Mary's together. Um, he's been now in Hawaii for eight years, so we were even with them on the glass, which was good. But we needed to be positive to beat them, and then against South uh, Southern Utah on Saturday night. Um, you know, which is a team that finished second in the Big Sky last year. We lose to them in double overtime and miss an offensive rebound, uh, miss a blockout in the second overtime to lose the game. And so uh, for me, you know, I think they'll go back and look at the score. But for me, that, that that's the area of the game uh, that, that we lost the game at. You know, you're looking at a double overtime loss there, Coach, and just you guys seem like you're close, like you're, you're right there. Uh, just how – how do you kind of recover from something like that? Even, you know, even if it isn't a beautiful place like Hawaii, <laughs> you know what it happened? It, it helped going Waikiki the next day. I can say that, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, you know what? I think the belief, I do think that I've been, I've been in enough locker rooms to know when there's no belief or there's some slippage in there, but the, the guys are fighting, um, you know, so the, both teams, we weren't picked to win, you know? And so we're in both games. I think a lot better, uh, we were a lot better against Southern Utah, who just lost to Kansas by three or four at Kansas the week before. And so um, we're right there. I think if they look, if we make free throws, the game's over. If we get a block out, the game's over. Um, so I think I told the guys, like, what we're doing is right. Uh, you, you, you can't judge everything on wins and losses, but I can see the progress uh, with the group. Um, and even a comeback on a, you know, we score 87 points or something on the second on the second day of a long trip to Hawaii. It just shows that they're bought in and the resiliency that we got. And I'm just hopeful the breakthrough comes through for the guys here in the next couple couple games, which are two even tougher games. I know, speaking about the Hawaii game, another number you talk a lot about is assist. And it felt like in the Hawaii game, that, that I mean, maybe a little bit in the Southern Utah game a little bit, it feels like the ball got stuck uh, and, 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 and that ball didn't move the way I know you wanted to. 
It, yeah, it did. You know, you got to credit Hawaii's defense for some of that as well. But but we we just I don't know if it was the Hawaiian time, the palm trees, or whatever it was. We just weren't moving the ball uh, the way we have been. You know, even in, even in our losses um, previous, even our loss at, at UCLA, we moved the ball. At UC Davis, I felt we moved the ball. I thought at Hawaii, the ball the ball stuck some. Some of that was their defense. Some of that was our our lack of uh, coherency on offense. And so uh, hopefully these next couple of days we can get back into practice and get ready uh, for a really, really good Santa Clara team on Saturday on the road. You know, Coach, more of a global question. Uh, you're here at Sac State for your first season. You know, you're, you're trying to build something here and trying to build a program. And you're also known as like this incredible recruiter uh, that's been able to go out and get guys from all over, all over the world, really. Um, just – how uh, how much do you think that like being part of Sac State right now, while we're seeing this revolution on the the football side, could help you in you know like getting the name out there? Sac State, it's all over the place. You know they've had some ESPN stuff, and uh, but really like it, can that bleed over into your program as well? Look, I, I think it's helped tremendously. You know we we had a kid come over from the NBA Global Academy. He's um, actually signed with us now, Bone Beatty. Uh, but he was at the Montana game, you know, and in that game uh, at, at the stadium, that which was filled up, you know, I think it helped him decide, make a decision to come here. And he had many other better options or people would think better options in here. But his his time here on campus watching the football team, his time in the city of Sacramento, um, his time going to Golden One Center and, and watching the Kings, I think made this a great a great sell for him. So um, I think where athletics is going here, where the city's gone, like my last time in Sacramento was like 2000. 17, you know, it's changed so much for me um, since then after COVID and everything that's going on in the city. Uh, so I think there's a lot going on here and this is a great, great place to be. And, and, and it starts off with our football team and, uh, and our pro team now. Coach, there was a moment um, last night, James and I really haven't gotten a chance to dissect this play the way I'd like. We'll, we'll, we'll try to get to this later, but uh, Mike Brown pulled Terrence Davis during a timeout out to like the middle of the floor and was telling him where he wanted him um, on a defensive possession. And, and, and they're going through this. It's a very animated discussion that cameras picked up on. Every member of the media saw it. And it couldn't have been more than two game minutes later that Terrence Davis is in that exact position Mike Brown told him to be in picking up a charge and the first guy to celebrate is Mike Brown. And one thing that we've heard about coach Brown is he's a teacher. He's a teacher. And one thing I really respected about that is Terrence obviously wasn't doing what he wanted him to do, but he showed him what he wanted to do and gave him an opportunity to do it in that moment without pulling him out of the game. Obviously your order of business coach is to win ball games, but this is your first year and you're still very much in kind of the teaching aspect of, of all of this. How do you, you know, balance those two things with these guys? You know, I talked to them after the game. That's exactly what it is. We're still teaching. I was doing my practice plan today. I'm on practice 41, you know, and I look at the teams we're playing. Some of those coaches have been there eight years, seven years. Some of these teams have been, been together a long time. And so, um, you know, my athletic director, Mark Orr, came in today, and he's, he knows it's a process, even though I want instant gratification. But I got to – I got to teach constantly, you know, and I've got to, you know, reinforce things constantly because they've had different coaches, different voices, and I don't have NBA guys. So you can only imagine how much, you know, how much teaching I need to do. But um, that's the deal. That's that's the process of of, of, te- of of teaching and growing. And you're hopeful by January, February, when conferences and in, in full slate that they have an understanding of, of what we're trying to do. 
You know, we're in an interesting time here, especially with a lot of your players. They can apply for an extra year of eligibility now because of the COVID times. Um, are, are you are you seeing like more veteran, especially at a place like Sac State, where you're not putting a bunch of guys into the pros and guys aren't leaving early, so you're getting guys that are sticking around for longer. But how has that been, like sort of teaching these guys that are they're a little older, older or more mature as far as uh, as far as college standards? No, it's been uh, it's been a challenge, but a good challenge. You know, I had two freshmen come in here today that are meeting with me, and they want to play more minutes. You know, and I just wrote up on the board like you have two guys that are twenty three years old, twenty four years old, a fifth year senior. You're eighteen, nineteen years old. Just you don't see it now, but when you're twenty three, you're a lot more mature than you are now, and you've had a lot more games under your belt. Um, so that's been a challenge. The other part is, you know, coming in. I've had some players. I'm their fourth college coach in their four years of coaching through transferring, through different coaching changes. So they're hearing different voices. You know, I had one kid come in today and say, well, coach, I had other coaches that said their door was always open, but it wasn't open. Well, mine is. I mean, those that have been around me, I'm, I am who I am. So my, it, they're still getting to know me, and that's a challenge, you know. And uh, I'm sure Coach Mike's going through it with the Kings. And any anybody taking over a new organization or new program is dealing with the same stuff I'm dealing with. Um, I just hope hopefully we get through the door quicker the most yeah i think cam Wilbon is one of my favorite guys and he's a he's like you're like we, we, we've been talking a lot about malik monk today and the and the impact that he has the uh, uh um for the kings off the bench cam seems to be that guy for you and 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 i have to i have to imagine there's 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 hornet fans out there yo why didn't this dude start and why isn't this dude doing 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 more for this team he seems to be really impactful in the in the time that he's out there with the role that you have him in Oh, he's been awesome for us when he's been out there, you know, in that role off the bench. Like, and I, and I told him, and it's still hard for him to buy in because he's young. Yeah. You know? So it's like, man, when I look down the bench, I know that I have some a veteran that can do it that I can produce. You know, it's hard when you look down the bench, you got a rookie down there who hasn't been in the game. And so um, I said, man, stop. You know, you want to be in at the end of the game, not the start of the game. Like, you don't want to start and not be in when it's when it's crunch time. You know, and Cam's that guy for us, and kind of that Swiss Army knife. Like, he can play the. You know, he played the four spot and the five spot here last year. I'm asking him to play the point. So it's a different it's – a, it's a whole different position he's, he's learning, uh, but he's bought in. So I think he's a, a huge glue guy for us and somebody off the bench that I'm hopeful can continue to make an impact for us. You know, Coach, we have a, we have a uh, journalist here from Australia who, who's camp, he really? came out to talk to Del Vadova and he, of course, uh, Jock last night. Uh, for the Suns, you're part of that program, but you've also been part of a, like part of the revolution for for that program and to get guys into the league. How has that been for you to see the success of the Australian player in the U.S. But uh, you know, sort of the pipeline that it, that's developed. You know, it's 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 been fantastic to see. You know, when I came to college from the U.S. Uh, from Australia, I should say, many moons ago. It was Andrew Gaze before me and then myself. Andrew Vlahov had just finished at Stanford. And then now to see these guys not only playing in, in college but going on to play in the NBA, um, you know, it was an awesome thing. It just used to be Andrew Bogut. You know, you go to a game and hopefully the Bucks would come in town and you see Bogut or when he was with the Warriors, you'd see him uh, towards the end of his career. But now to have Jock in town, and I think last week it was the Nets in town. You got Mills and Mills and uh, Simmons. Then you got Jock Londale in town. You got Chima and and Delhi right here in town right now. Um, I keep looking at the schedule, who's coming in. So it's it, it's great for the program. I think it talks about the development of basketball over there. Um, 
basketball has become a global game. When you look at Giannis and you look at, you know, Luca that's in the league, um, and now it's it's tapped into Australia. And so it's been it's been great to be a part of it. It also tells me I'm getting old that I see these guys that are that are now married and having kids and and uh, but it's it, it's so good and I think it's great for our game to have so many people from all around the world uh, playing the sport. And coach, we're always appreciative when you join us. Like I, I hope everybody is, is truly appreciative of, of what you're doing right now as you seem to be the, the first coach, I think, in any collegiate sport, perhaps professional sport, perhaps in any sport period in history who's decided they're just going to play their entire schedule on the road. Um, it's, 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 it's commendable. If you guys ever want to come back to the nest, you know, I know they'll show out for you. Uh, but you guys sure are playing a lot of road games, including this one against Santa Clara on Saturday. Look, I guess, you know, it's why I inherited, you know, and it's, it's, it's why some people call this a quote unquote tough job, but it, it, it is what we won two games on the road. And so people say you can't win on the road. So, so it, it's doable, but, um, look, I think we get back in the nest next, next Friday for sure. We play, we play Long Beach in a doubleheader with our women, uh, next Friday night. And I, and I believe next Wednesday as well. Gosh, we play Denver next Wednesday as well at home. And so, um, but we're getting ready for Santa Clara at two o'clock on Saturday. Those that aren't watching the, Hornets in the football game. Uh, log in and watch us while you're at the game. And uh, look, we'll put our best foot forward there on Saturday afternoon at Santa Clara. Well, multitask, Coach. Good luck, man. You know, we're, uh, we're watching for you. We look forward to seeing you next week. Appreciate you. Thank you guys for having me on the show. All right, always. That's our man, Coach David Patrick, right there. Sac State Hornets. Uh, again, they are in Santa Clara this Saturday, uh, 2 p.m., uh, as they look to get back to their their winning ways. Again, the trajectory is similar. Kings were on a winning streak. Hornets were on a winning streak. Kings went on a losing streak. Hornets went on a losing streak. We know Mike and, 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 and Coach Patrick got some ties together, man. We'll start with the Kings tomorrow. In the, big, in the game of the century, tomorrow at the Golden 1 Center, uh, the Kings will, will, will right the ship against the Pacers, and then surely uh, Coach Patrick and the Sac State Hornets will follow. Galagis? Is that what? Oh, no. Okay. All right. I did. Okay. Calm down. <laughs> calm down. I'm not supposed to say that. <laughs> oh. You see Davis alum here, James Ham. Uh, yeah, he's fun. I, I like him. And his. Uh, Coach Patrick's great, man. Yeah, his career path and all of it, the things that he does is really interesting. You know, he's still an assistant coach on the Australian national team and. Like all kinds of crazy ties all over the place. He's he's helped a lot of uh, players get to the NBA from Australia. So it's you know it's really good to see. And, and and you know taking over a college program, especially the way that college sports are now, is just it's such a it's such a it's such a different animal because you got the transfer portal and you've got you literally have the opportunity to completely retool your team. And that's not something you necessarily had in collegiate sports before, but you have the opportunity now to to retool it. And you see it, you know, with uh, signing day and, and, you know, the he's got Australian guys in the, 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 the NBA global thing that you referenced there uh, right there when talking to coach like he he's working really hard in this first uh, year to to revamp that program and put it on the level of what Troy Taylor, which is a that is just a that is such a massive expectation to have too because what troy taylor did and i hope people here can appreciate this is not normal like he just came in and he just totally flipped the football program almost immediately 
And we say we see where they're at right now, their playoff game coming up this weekend, a legit opportunity for Sac State to win the national championship. Um and just looking at, oh, okay, well, they, they, they did it in football, so Coach Patrick's going to come in here and do it with basketball. Again, what Coach Troy Taylor did is not normal, but Coach Patrick is definitely capable of, of, of flipping this program around and, and, and putting it on a trajectory that that football team has been on. Yeah, he's been a winner everywhere he's gone. That's and, true. you know, I joke about Davis, but, like, I pull for Sac State as well. I mean, you want your, your local college. Well, you went to, to well. Davis, so it's actually it's, it's, it's okay when you – when you make the Davis reference. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag Davis but, guy. I got you. <laughs> they're, uh, they're definitely like, they're turning it up and, you know, it's good to see uh, a smaller, a smaller uh, area team that, you know, I don't know why college sports aren't that big in Sacramento. They should be bigger. Um, you know, it's, it kind of has a college feel a lot of the time. Yeah. And so it's good to see them put, string this thing together and, and get something going. This city gets behind so much. When it comes to sports, um, obviously the you know the Kings being number one, but like you know, look at the Republic. Um, it it's it's ages ago at this point, but the Sacramento Monarchs, like yeah. the, the, the team, always the city, excuse me, always gets behind uh, sports. And we you know we saw you we saw uh, we saw the um, Causeway Classic, uh, the, the, the football version of the Causeway Classic. We saw twenty two thousand there. Um, at Sac State just a couple of weeks ago. Like, if, if, you know, I think Coach Patrick's headed in the right direction. I mean, I know there are always going to be complaints about the gym that they play in, um, but that's no reason to not go out there and, 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 and support Sac State um, the same way that you have with, the, with that growing football program over there. Um, if you haven't had a chance to watch Sac State basketball yet, I, str- I strongly encourage you. You heard Coach and I talking about uh, Cam Wibble. He's he's he is their Malik Monk. He's he's just a big. He's a big who comes off the bench and he does. He you talk about knowing your role. He goes in there and he knows his role. Like he goes in there regularly. He gets the job done. And when you talk about fiddling with starting lineups, we we often don't take into account that you're also fiddling with the with the bench in that impact that the second group would have like well oh Malik Monk scored 30 last night you put him in the in the starting lineup he's got 30 and 8 probably not gonna work that way um as might be evidenced by Keegan Murray who we should probably reference had a a better game yesterday um I I don't think it was a game that you know you'd circle and go all right Keegan's back but you look at and you go okay that's a step forward it's progress he 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 had a better game and I think you noted this Yesterday, I think you said you expected this yesterday. They were going to make some moves to get him involved early, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, they got him near the basket, and that's sort of who <laughs> like he was literally, at the college level. like two yeah. feet from the basket. Like he was, he was dropping the ball in like the dunk was banned. Like he was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at UCLA, just turning around and dropping the ball in early in the game. Yeah, it's funny because you've heard Mike Brown say that, like, I want to see him throw down on someone. Mm-hmm. You know, you just go in and hammer a ball down on somebody, and he hasn't done it. And so you're still waiting for him to, like, have that moment where he goes up and has confidence at the rim. It is – it's funny, like, how many times did – I think three times in the first half he had balls where he just laid it up instead of dunking. Um, yeah, I, I mean, look, you can see his body language is somewhere between – um teetering and i think i'm confident like half the time 
And uh, he says the right things. He hit a late three, which I think was huge for him and his development. Uh, but at the same time, you know, he's got to get there pretty quickly. And it it is different. Mike Brown talked about this last night in pregame, how a lot of the guys from his draft class, you know, it, it's easy to go out there and put up big numbers when you're not trying to win, when it, there's no accountability for, you know, your mistakes. And on the Kings, there's a bunch of accountability for your mistakes. And he says he's going to get into them like he will every other player. He's not going to hold back as far as coaching him. And that's the way it should be. You know, like Keegan Murray has two two ways he can go here. He can either be better for this or he can shrink and, and not be the player that he could have become. And you're hoping that like every step of the way that he keeps his confidence and he finds a way to deliver and, and uh, start growing out of this slump that he's been in for, you know, it's been a while. I think he's only scored uh, in double figures in four of the last 12 games. Like they need him to, to be in there doing that, but also like hit the glass like that. He's a guy who averaged, you know, over eight rebounds a game in college. He should be able to do something at the pro level and, you know, three or four rebounds a game. That's not going to cut it. Yeah, the exact stat line for uh, Keegan last night, 22 minutes, still on, on the lower side. He was 5 of 11, uh, finished the game with 11 points. And, yeah, those those rebounding numbers, um, they were just not there. Uh, the Kings were out-rebounded last night, uh, 45 uh, to 37. They were out-rebounded on the offensive end, uh, 11 to 8. Um, and I think you look uh, – uh, Keegan with just uh, two rebounds. I think. I think Malik had. I think Malik had one. Um, yeah, Herder just, had a bunch of boards. Yeah, Herder filled the stat sheet last night. Herder had uh, rebounds, steals. He was oh, oh three's not falling, and and that's one thing that I I really like about Kevin Herder that I didn't know a ton about uh, when he came over from Atlanta is he's quick to adjust. If if he feels like something's not working for him, he can spot it pretty quickly, and he's 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 going to at least attempt uh, to make an impact on the game really quickly. Yeah, that and you know what I think it should be pointed out too. For as much as we want to heap on Fox because he only has eleven points. He did have five rebounds. He did have five assists. He did have three blocks and a steal. And he turned the ball over just once. Uh, you know, so there were a lot of positives to point to. Um, but, you know, getting back to Herter, I, I, he's just a guy that, you know, he's been better at almost every aspect of the game than you expected. And I, I think he's been really good. The fact that Devin Booker went nuts, uh, that was on everybody. And, and again, a lot of that came early in the game on the fast breaks. He got him confident and feeling it. And then he just didn't miss. Uh, I want to come back, James. We mentioned the the, the Terrence Davis moment uh, with Mike Brown. I want to dive into that uh, a little bit more. We'll touch on some other things as well. Uh, we'll have our Week 12 power rankings coming up, an update on Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, Jason Jones is going to join us in the final hour of the show, and the game of the century is just 30-some-odd hours away. Oh, what a moment it's going to be for Sacramento when the Kings take on the Pacers in in at the at the end of November. Yeah, we've built this one up. Steeler one KC, James Ham here on Sacramento Sports Leader, ESPN thirteen twenty.
KC continues streaming live on the Odyssey app. Live on the Odyssey app, live on Twitch, live on YouTube as well. YouTube.com slash ESPN 1320. If we're if you're watching the show, we hope that you'll uh, hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe button uh, as well. Um, you can even hit the little alarm button in the upper right-hand corner. That'll alert you uh, every time we go live. Uh, we were just mentioning someone said, I like, uh, uh, I think it was Fred. Yeah, Fred said, I, I, I like 1320 ham more than NBC ham. You're like, oh, it's the same guy. And I think we've talked about this before where you, you do get to be a little bit more relaxed with us. You get to be a little bit more free with us than you used to be. Yeah, I think I think more than anything else, I, I've i allowed my, uh, like, people who listen or watch or whatever to, like, see who I usually am when I'm not on the air. Um, you know, like outside of that, like no one ever told me not to write something or to write something specifically good or bad about the Kings. Um, but they definitely like during my time, it, I was mentally exhausted a good portion of the time, especially like the last three years. So, I mean, I like 550 stories a year for the last three years was like, like, that's crazy that's it's, bananas it's so much you know and and i don't like writing 300 word like little blurb stuff uh you know everything 600 to 1500 2000 words and so it really does like start to wear on you just mentally it's taxing um and so maybe like i i wasn't as open or i don't know but definitely physically and mentally exhausted by the end of it and I mean, it takes a toll on you. This job is, it's not easy. It's like, we talk about my back issues all the time. My back issues are because I sit and write and watch games and drive and, uh, to cover this team 24 seven. And so it is what it is. It takes its toll on you. I, I always have conversations with all young journalists. And one of the first thing I talk about is like eating right, because it's something that all of us have struggles with. Uh, you see a lot of beat writers who are heavy and they really struggle with it. And it's because, you know, you get done at 1130, 12 o'clock at night from a game that you've been there since 10 o'clock in the morning. You're constantly you served food. <laughs> like there's yeah, always are. food at the arena. Yeah, but then you get and it at that point. It's been like five hours since you've eaten. Mm-hmm. And so you end up stopping at Taco Bell in, in the middle of the night. And that's not good for you. And again, it's just a lifestyle that, that people wouldn't understand that it, it's a little bit more like taxing than it seems like it would be that and the fact that like i it wasn't until this year uh that i have always taken my laptop with me everywhere i go so like when i go to dinner with my wife my laptop my laptop is in the car or it's even sitting next to me and because and it's something that my wife has always understood she's like it's all right i gotta entertain myself for 15 minutes while you write something really quick because something just broke and yeah it's it's one of those things where it's a 24 7 job and you don't shut it off i mean i've written game recaps from the sidelines of a soccer field while my son was playing um you know you just you're holding on by a thread most of the time and, and you can't even go so. to dinner in february because yeah. you know something crazy is going to happen in february so you can't even go to dinner <laughs> no and the good thing is like uh like April 15th, typically it's tax day for most people. It's the day that I get like a six week break because the Kings never well, make the playoffs not a good historically. Thing. Not a so, good thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's one of those things where you get a little bit of time. 
Um, why are you calling out Sean? What are you talking about calling out Sean? Uh, anyway, yeah, I feel like I'm a little more relaxed and just even in my appearance, like would I have ever worn a baseball ad on a podcast before? Probably not. Um, but I don't know. You could see a little bit more of who I am. And we love it. Because as what started the whole conversation is if you're watching the show, you see that James bears a striking resemblance to Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's And, and I think it's the I – th- I mean, it's always there when you wear the camouflage hat. I think it's particularly uh, potent today because your, 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 your goatee is a little bit thicker than, than it normally is. And, and, and so the Stone Cold vibes are, are pretty strong here on the, for stream for those who are watching. Um, we talked about this with, with coach Patrick there just a couple of minutes ago, but we haven't had the opportunity to really dive into it. Like I wanted to, it got attention on television. You, uh, tweeted about it. It, it, it was something everyone noticed the timeout and the interaction between Mike Brown and Terrence Davis. Now these are becoming a regular thing where Mike is pulling Terrence aside and, and, and talking to him about something. This is the first time I think we've seen him pull him out to the floor, a specific spot on the basketball court. And Mike is standing here saying something along the lines, I assume of this is where I want you. And you see both of them are pretty animated in their discussion. They go back. The part that I love the most is Mike doesn't take Terrence out of the game. Terrence, who I think played really well yesterday doesn't take Terrence out of the game. And it it must have been two minutes, two game minutes later, that in that exact spot on the floor that Mike Brown was standing, Terrence Davis picks up a charge. And the camera, of course, catches Mike Brown's reaction, and that has kind of Kings fans all in their feels for a minute because it's like, oh, we've got a coach who is teaching. We've got a coach who is teaching and gave a player an opportunity to correct the mistake. Not later, not later in the game after he pulled him out, but in the moment. Terrence, this is what I want you to do. This is why I want you to do it. And I'm going to leave you in there, and I expect you to do it. And he does just that. I loved everything about that moment last night. Yeah, I mean, Mike Brown has had those moments a couple of times, and um, it's something that I think it's very important. Like, the communication that he has with his players is excellent. Uh, He is all over De'Aaron Fox all the time, but he's also all over Terrence Davis. Terrence Davis is, you know, your your standard NBA, like, boom or bust, like, mistake player. Like, he, he does, you know, on occasion make mistakes, and... He, he plays with athleticism and fire and energy, but he also, you know, does some things that just drive you bonkers as a coach. And uh, Mike Brown is is trying to work through some of those things, and and it's a good thing. Like Terrence Davis, only what is fourth NBA season, third? Yeah, I think this is his early his fourth. fourth NBA season, and so I, I think it's really good. And he needs to like keep doing these things because there was a point in that game where. I looked over at my buddy Sean Cunningham and said, what in the world? Like, like he's got to get out of the game. Like, what is he doing sticking with Terrence Davis? Uh, he just kept making mistakes. And if Terrence not making shots, then he becomes very difficult to play. Uh, but you needed him in that game because, A, Trey Lyles was out, and, B, that, uh, you know, that team goes small, and you need to throw what Mike Brown called the kitchen sink at, at Devin Booker. Uh, but I'll also point this out, too. Um, 
the telecast, uh, like while I don't work for NBC anymore, I do have a lot of friends over there still. And uh, Mike Bird is who runs the telecast. It has been really, really good lately. And, uh, you know, they're they're doing a lot, putting a lot of time and energy into making sure that they're giving the best possible whatever for fans to watch, you know, viewing pleasure. Uh, and and I think uh, they've just done a tremendous job catching those moments is huge. And it wasn't well, just that moment. It was the Mike Brown talking to De'Aaron Fox minutes before that, too. Well, credit to to Mike, too, because when the, the camera catches this moment happening and I think they go to commercial they come back from commercial and uh, Katie and Mark recap that interaction and show the play yeah. that got Mike Brown's frustrations up. Um, it, that was, that was beautiful producing, directing that, 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 that was beautiful television work because it, 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 it recapped what happened um, and set the stage for what was about to happen. Just so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, I, I, really- I love I love so much about that. <laughs> I love Adam L. <laughs> Adam L. Acting like Mike Brown here. I want you to stand right here and get run over by DeAndre Ayton. You understand? And that's essentially what happened. But it was a charge. Got the Kings a possession, and every possession in yesterday's game, as we learned, for better or worse, very much mattered. And so that was a that was a big play. And I'd make the argument you were talking about he wasn't playing well. I'd make the argument that moment, that play shifted his game. Yeah, and and I'll tell you too, if you go back to the first half early in that game, Keegan Murray had the same exact opportunity where he could have stepped in while Aiton was doing his spin move. Mm -hmm. And at the last second, Murray reached in and got called for a foul and got punished. If he would have just stepped in, stood his ground, and taken the charge, which is exactly what they were coaching those guys to do. Because Aiden's one of those guys that just doesn't he doesn't look for guys when he's in spin mode move uh mode. You know, he's he's a guy that's just gonna do whatever he's gonna do. He's not gonna look for other people. And uh so if you know that and you know that he's gonna come barreling in, then go stand in the right spot and draw the charge. And and that's what you know Mike Brown is coaching. That's what they're trying to do with this team is it's the little nuances of the game that the Kings miss here and there. And then if you go back in that game and after you saw that play with Terrence Davis, think of how many times they, uh, the Suns tried to hit that spot and Herter stepped in and Fox stepped in and Malik Monk stepped in and, and got steals right in that same exact spot. So they had scouted well and saw sort of a hole in the scheme of, of the Suns and that's why they were they were promoting Terrence Davis to go do that because it was something that they had known coming in. It was part of the game plan and part of the scout. And uh, you know, sometimes you gotta tell Terrence Davis more than once. And it's not the first time. It's not the first time Mike Brown's had to call a timeout and say, "Okay, let's have another conversation because we just went over this." This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.